0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Reconnect My Heart with your program The show that we talk about life's problems that may break or tear our hearts apart. On Reconnect My Heart, we'll discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way He originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad you are able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, or if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call us at five one six four five three nine one eight. That's five one six four five three nine one eight. Or you can listen online at WWW talk talkradio dot com forward slash reconnect my heart. <clears throat> or you can go to our chat room which is available right now on our website. You can ask questions, leave your comments, or if you want to send a prayer request, you're welcome to do so. I would like to say a huge hello, hello, hello to my church family, True Believers Tabernacle Church, where our senior pastor is Pastor Otis Logan. If you're ever in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, feel free to come and worship with us. We are at 4204 Cardinal Drive, Dallas, Texas, 75216. Once again, I want to thank each and every one who are tuned in to the show and thank you for your continued prayers and support. Okay. Did you know that an unhealthy balance in a relationship, friendship, or even amongst family could turn into a toxic relationship? You have to use wisdom to avoid becoming a victim of this. And so on today's show, we have a very special guest. A great friend of mine, I've known him for many years, and I call him my godfather. His name is Mr. Timothy Green, Minister Timothy Green. He will talk to us today about inappropriate relationships, what they are, how to identify them, and also how to prevent them in the episode called Breaking Inappropriate Relationships. So without further ado, I want to welcome Mr. Timothy Green on the line. Hello, how are you doing today, sir?
2: All right, how are you doing, Mr. Prater, and to all your uh, guests that's online, I just want to say hello, and I thank you for this
1: privilege. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, First of all, I want to thank you for being on the air. We've spoken for many years about different things. And so I felt with this particular topic, I felt that it was necessary for us to not just talk about it um, in a closed setting place, but I feel that it's time for us to really start bringing things to light. And like I said, I thank you for just the opportunity for you to come on the air and really just um, help us to understand about inappropriate relationships
2: okay uh, and to uh so that we know about inappropriate relationships we must uh define what's what's, in, inappropriate especially in the society that we live today that that a lot of things have become appropriate but they actually are inappropriate and so the word of uh inappropriate means not suitable or not proper in the circumstance and that means that that it's not suitable for the particular relationships there's certain stages uh, types of relationships that it's only appropriate in those relationships and when we carry it over into another type of relationship it becomes inappropriate and for example if uh A husband and wife, they have that type of relationship, so it's inappropriate for a husband or the wife to go out and to do things that you only can do with a husband or wife in another type of relationship, and so when you do that, then you begin to make that relationship inappropriate, and there's many different examples, but uh, time would not allow us to discuss them all, but we'll discuss as many as we can.
1: Yes. Now if you don't mind do you mind speaking up a little bit louder that way. Um, okay. we can make sure that keeps, you know, again. Okay.
2: Okay. okay, and also <clears throat> in those inappropriate relationships is not suitable but also as Christians we gotta realize that our relationships become inappropriate when they are not are not authorized by biblical teaching. And they, they are ungodly, and they're not sanctioned by official rules, which would be the rules of the Bible, biblical teaching. And when they're not in that line, then they become inappropriate. And they become ungodly. And uh, we have talked so much about this in uh, one scripture that I uh, I think that can kind of hit on all of this And not tie us to one particular thing Is that this is one scripture that Most people sometimes they misquote it And sometimes We don't even pay attention at or We take it out of context And uh, I think it's kind of appropriate In 2 Corinthians 6 and 14 Be ye not, be not Unlikely yoked together with unbelievers For what fellowship have Righteous with unrighteous And what common have Light with darkness and and many times we just look at that as as uh, Christians, but we have to look at that in every aspect of life to be unequally young.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: And... Go ahead, sir.
1: No, no, continue, continue. Okay.
2: Okay. And, uh, 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 you, we have to ask ourselves then My thought is how do we get into These inappropriate relationships And how do all of this start And what we have to understand That everything through the wickedness of Satan has He has manipulated or corrupted Normal human relationships Through the uh, uh, What is called now The absolute uh, philosophy Or the hyper grace Along with others New age teaching that believe that there are no absolute truths and many more which leaves one more it leaves our moral conscious void and empty because there are no absolute truths. And when we use biblical absolutes and truth, then we will, we will recognize unappropriate relationships from from the start. There, there are boundaries that we must have to set with any relationship that we start from the get-go, we have to set boundaries or the relationship can become toxic or inappropriate because we haven't set boundaries, Uh, especially in our uh, ministerial field. Many times we don't set boundaries uh, when a uh, male pastor is uh, counseling a female Uh, In the church, we don't set boundaries and we don't set things because we live in a society now where, you know, we don't believe in boundaries. And so many times we end up in inappropriate relationships because we haven't set any type of boundaries or what we would call rules so that we would not allow Satan to, to come in and take that advantage of us in those situations. And what we have to realize is that once we begin to realize that in our flesh dwells no good thing, then we will be able to do it. The Bible says "Guard our heart, and we think that that's talking about something else, but we'll, we'll be able to guard our spirit because we realize that what we are capable of doing anything if the Holy Spirit is not involved in it and if the Holy Spirit is not leading us and guiding us, then we are capable of doing anything, and when we realize that we are capable of doing anything, then we will try to set up boundaries and things so that we will not allow ourselves to get in particular situations. You know, it's it's, kind of like nowadays we have Christians that say that they go to his house to watch movies, and they're uh, by themselves and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's an inappropriate relationship if you're not married, because according to uh our flesh you know that something could happen in that and i'm not saying that all the time it does but most times we set ourselves up for failures but the main thing i believe that the radio show we want to talk about tonight is the inappropriate relationships in a church and that inappropriate relationship in a church are what I call a cult-like relationships. And most people uh, don't like the sound of that. That sounds too strong, but they are a cult-like relationships when anybody uh, 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 manipulates you or when anybody try to dominate you or you have some in the church that goes to the house and cleans the pastor's house. And, And so that in that form, they're treating you like a slave more than a, uh, a servant of God in the church because of what What we do for Christ will last Not what we do for the pastor at his house But it's what we do for Christ in the in the working of the church In the building of the church But we have taken these things out of hand And so we have to recognize when people are uh, using us When we're in our vulnerable states These How these uh, relationships come about is because Sometime a person in leadership, they began to take advantage of us in in their position of leadership. Uh, uh, Just correct me if, uh, I mean, let me know if you want me to be silent if you want to speak. But uh, the reason it goes toxic is as Christians, we hope through faith and prayer, this is one of the reasons it goes toxic, that as Christians we hope through faith and prayer and the working of the Holy Spirit that we have done the personal work necessary to transcend our self-essential sinful covetousness nature. In other words, we have thank you
3: for calling integrated. Nature. We
2: have a covetous nature from the start that is always seeking to have uh, uh, more than enough and some more, and and this is what always gets us in trouble because we have not done the inner spiritual work through the presence of the Holy Spirit that keep us on a keel level to where we can withstand such toxic relationships. So in other words, one of my saying, this deals with motive and agenda. When we begin to enter into a relationship, what is our motive for being in that relation, or what is their motive, and what is their agenda, or what is your motive in agenda in that relationship? Why? Because... Our only motive in any type of relationship as Christians is to grow and to become more like Jesus, and our goal, and the goal of a pastor is to not bring you to him, but to bring you to Christ or to bring you to God or to Christ-like. And those should be the only goals. Anything that's outside of those, those relationships, all they they may start out good. Most of the time they end up being in harm's way. Most of the time they end up leading you in harm's way. What is the goal that we should have? We must always ask ourselves, have we done the spiritual work necessary to transform our mind? This is where the problem lies, is in our mind. In whatever type of moral or biblical relationship we enter into, our hopes and faith should always be that we have done the personal work necessary to be transformed by the working of the Holy Spirit, that will renew fleshly, that we renew our fleshly mind into a spiritual mind. And this should be every Christian's goal: is to renew our minds. See, when we get saved, we come into the church with a worldly mind, and most of our relationships have been worldly. So, therefore, we uh, uh, we think worldly. And where we need to begin to get into our Bibles in order that we can think spiritually. And when we get into our Bibles and begin to think spiritually, then we'll be able to be to be able to discern uh, the relationship and what, what is going on in the relationship. And uh me and uh, uh Minister June has has been talking and talking over again with a lot of people that have entered into relationships that are toxic. And it's, it's and it's all kinds of relationships that's going on. We have bestiality, we have homosexuality and we have uh we have the pastors that uh have uh been with their members of the church and we have so much going on in this hour too. we have to make sure that we are sharp so that we don't become a victim of these different type of things and the way we can uh, not become a victim is that we have to stay in the word of god we have to stay rooted and grounded with people that are moving in the direction, that's that unequally low part that I'm talking about, they're moving in the direction that we're trying to go. We're trying to be Christ-like, and, and we don't do anything that's outside of uh, biblical teaching. No, that does not mean that we're perfect but that it, what what one pastor told me is that it doesn't mean that we're perfect. It just means that we still we don't have on our grave clothes. In other words, we're not trying to resemble the man that we once were. We're trying to resemble the man that we a man or woman that we want to become. And when we begin to do these type of things and we begin to develop great habits and we begin to develop a a yawning or thirst for the scripture and a yawning of thirst for holiness and righteousness, then uh with those things and with the working of the inward working of the Holy Spirit and we're doing our part, then we'll be able to keep ourselves away from these uh type of things. Because the Bible lets us know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities. We wrestle against all these things that are going on in the earth realm today. That is our daily rational, because when we go to work, we see this thing, it gets into our mind, and gets into our spirit. When we uh, go out among different people, we see these things. When we watch television, the news, and all of these type of things, we see all of these things, and it gets into our spirit. And when we, it gets into our spirit, we have to be able to combat it with the word of God in order to purge our spirit, our spirit, man, in order that it can stay more like Christ. Okay, and, and and these are just some of the principles that we have to use in order to stay out of these toxic relationships. I mean, because we, as as we stated before, we've talked to many, uh, uh, especially daughters in this hour, that have been abused by their spiritual father. And uh, those are terms that I don't like to use, but that's what they use in the church today: a spiritual father, spiritual mother. I even heard some say a spiritual husband and spiritual wife and all of these things where these terms may be no harmful. These terms can become toxic depending on the agenda or the motive of the person using those terms because those terms are words that would lure you in. And if you're not aware or if you're vulnerable or if you're, uh, if your mind is not in the right place, then these terms can fool you. In other words, they'll give you rewards or they'll give you little things to get you in, but their agenda at the end is to lure you in to do other things. And most of the time, is to, uh, it winds up in either sex, controlling you with sex, or it controls you with finance, or it controls your mind. It depends on what the individual wants at that time. But what we must understand that the person that is doing this, they're doing this because they have a deep-rooted problem that they fail to deal with themselves. And so they're acting this out with you and and trying to make it seem like it's your problem, which it will become if you stay into that. But most of the time, the problem is not yours. It's a problem that they have, and you need to break away. The Bible says, come out from among you and be separate, says the Lord anyone that is doing things that are not according to Scripture. And we should know that according to Scripture, that as Christians we should not be having sex with anybody that is not our husband or our wife. And we should not allow ourselves to be in a toxic relationship. Not all the time is it's it's sex. Sometimes it's that they're always trying to get uh, of financial means, because the Bible says in the last day they shall make merchandise of god's people and and that's one of the things that they're doing today. They are making merchandise of god's people by trying to lure as much as they money they can, and the money is not so much for the building of the kingdom, but the money is when you look at it, most of it is to building of their kingdom. And, and we should be involved in building God's kingdom, and not the enemy, not a, a person's kingdom. And then the last one is that the the mind they they come in and they always try to manipulate you through the mind by getting up and bringing up fake prophecies. And if you leave my church. Then something bad is going to happen to you and they and they and they take these type of sayings and speak them over you until they uh it's kind of like witchcraft that they're putting on your minds to make you feel threatened if you will, if you want to leave their church or to to get out of their their presence or whatever because they want to stay in a controlling presence in your life. And when anyone comes into your life that tries to bring these points out, then they will tell you that that person is a seed from Satan. And and why? Because uh, they don't want you to hear the truth about what's going on. But we should never be in a in, in a church that is controlling. Any church that is controlling, I just want to say it right now, is a, a cult-like church. The the Bible didn't tell us to start church to control people. It told us to start churches to di- uh, to disciple people, not control people. In other words, we're just supposed to give you the word and let you be able to decipher from the word uh, uh by yourself. And not me just beating you over the head with it every Sunday, and, and and telling you that if you don't do this and that and blase and all this kind of stuff, that is a, a cult. If you if you do research, run research any type of cults, you will find out that's how they operate. And 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 so, but in the Church of Our Lord and Savior, we do not believe in controlling people. We do not believe in anything that's outside the boundaries of Scripture. We do not uh, believe in things that will uh, abuse our uh, uh, office as the pastor, the evangelist, or whatever we 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 call ourselves. That would abuse that position by taking advantage of people that in vulnerable situations. And so tonight, as as we on the. Uh, Uh, radio and we're speaking about these toxic relationships I know that there may be many out there that have been involved in a toxic relationship and many times what we do we wind up blaming God for uh, for these type of things because we think that these people were from God but the Bible lets us know that in the last there there shall be many that say that they was in the Lord's work. Many that say they done a lot of things for God, but he's turned around. Jesus said it. He's turned around and said that he told them to depart from me because I did not know you. Your work was of iniquity and all this type of thing. And so that's what we have it today. We have to call it what it is. People that do things that are outside of God, even though they might have good intentions, but at the end of the day, they were not in the place of God, where they should have been. And so we have to look at it the way it is, and we cannot blame the church, or we cannot blame God for something that an individual did. God did not do it to you. Uh, the church as a whole did not do it to you. It was, a, it was the liking of an individual, uh, something that was in an individual. We must call it what it is, the enemy or a spirit that became in that person that caused these things to happen in your life. And so as we we look at Scripture, the Bible always lets us know about the wolf. The wolf comes but to kill, steal, and destroy. He's Satan. The wolf is described as Satan. He comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. But God comes at any time to give you life. And what uh we see in here that the wolf comes to kill, he has motive, he has an agenda, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy in first Peter five and eight, we find out that he tells us to be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour, okay, and what he has a motive and he has an agenda. Uh, in each one of the scriptures that you see about the wolf, he has a motive and he has an agenda. That's why it's important for us to, to try to see before we uh, befriend so much of a friend or let people know so much about our life. We have to, the one scripture that I tell uh, my godson, uh, Minister June Prater, I, I used to always tell him the Bible said, lay hands quickly on no man, but let every man prove himself. And one thing that we do as Christians, we we, uh, take people into our confidence too quick before we find out what kind of motive or what kind of agenda that these people have over our life. Is their motive, is it to grow me? Is their motive is to prosper me? Is their motive uh, to put me in a place in God where I need to be? Is their motive is to build up? The ministry that God has, or the purpose that God has for my life, or if their motive is to be uh, 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 like a tick or a leech to uh, to suck all the blood or the energy or the spirit out of me, and, and just keep doing that until there's no more me left. And so we have to find out what is the agenda, what is the motive, what is behind whatever these uh, the people that we're talking about that are, that are involved in these toxic relationships or that are starting if you will these toxic relationships towards you or me what is the problem what is the situation what is causing this and when we take time and examine these things many times we will not fall for all of these things because why if you get to know a person long enough that person would expose themselves Because most of them that have these type of agenda or motive, they they want to move quickly. They want to move quickly because if you stay with them too long, then what? You will find out that, what, they would be exposed. And so this is what we're coming on this program today for is to try to expose the enemy and what the enemy is doing, his agenda, his motive, and, and, and his motive and agenda is really to destroy you. And that's the scripture that we wrote. He says, "The thief cometh not, but to steal, and to kill, and to destroy." And that's in, in John ten and ten. And that's the the motive of the enemy. That's the, his his whole uh, his whole package is to come to steal, to kill, and destroy you. And he comes in such a sweet aroma. He comes and saying such sweet things, and he comes telling you things that you want to hear and that's his tactic of drawing you in. Even when you go back to um, Eve in the Bible, when she struck up a conversation with the enemy, she didn't know how fluent his tongue and how smooth it was, and he drew her into the conversation. And because she sit and listened to him, and he drew her into the conversation as the conversation went on, I don't know in her mind if she thought that she could uh, Handle this person's conversation Or what she could deal with that person's conversation But before the conversation was over with He had changed her mind through conversation That's why the Bible lets us, lets us know That a corrupt communication brings about corrupt manners This is why we have to be careful about the conversations That we enter into with people Because some people have a way with words that can uh, that can draw us into situations that we would normally wouldn't even get into, and, and so we have to be careful about our conversations because Satan is real in this hour. Satan has a motive in this hour, and his agenda is to try to kill, to steal, and to destroy you. And 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 he's as a roaring lion is he's, he's not a roaring lion, but he looks and resembles or he barks or he roars like something bigger than what he is. But we have to know that our God is bigger than Satan. Our God is bigger. Our God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. And so we have to understand this, and we have to know this. And then the Bible tells us that the just must live by Faith, and also tells us that anything that is not of faith is a sin. So we have to believe this, and we have to trust this by faith. And when we believe and trust by faith, we will stand on the word of God. And no matter what situations we are in, and the word of God will be our uh, be like our GPS that guides us through our day, and will help us to not enter into. A lot of these uh toxic and harmful relationships we we enter into a relationship with men that that their their agenda and their intentions are no way to marry you. We enter into relationships uh of uh, uh people that uh that that want to pimp you your soul. Uh, we enter into all this, there's several, we could go on and on and talk about it. And I know you, someone out there in the audience right now is in a relationship right now that they shouldn't be in. And it doesn't have to be a sexual relationship, but it has to. it's just a relationship that you shouldn't be in because that relationship is taking you from what you believe and is taking you away from the uh, the spiritual aspects of your life, and it's moving you towards things that you, you and yourself are not happy doing, but yet still you're doing it to please others, and that you know that you should be doing something totally different than that. See, so those relationships, Uh, 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 we have to come out of those relationships. We have to come out of those relationships. i would say it again. We have to come out of those relationships because those relationships would end up destroying us. As I was reading today, and I found out that uh, 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 95 times in the Bible it tells us to love one another. And see, when people have true love, then the Bible lets us know that we will others than we do ourselves and you said why am i talking about love because jesus uh jesus said the uh in the uh, in the scripture he says in matthew if you read it on your own time read it jesus teaches us in matthew the 22nd chapter 36 through 40 he says to love the lord with all thy heart and thy soul and thy mind and then he said the second is likened to it. love thy neighbor as thy Self. Okay, the reason I said that scripture is because that when we begin to love in the church like we're supposed to love, and so what? You become my uh, sister and I am your brother. And when we look at it in this uh, uh, text, we can see that I wouldn't do anything to harm my sister. And then my sister shouldn't do anything to harm her, her brother. And when we look at each other as we're supposed to be as family in the church of God, uh, uh, we would not do anything to harm us, and we would not enter into it. But because Satan has crept in, then we no longer look at each other as brothers and sisters, but we look at each other as how can I get over on this one, how can I get over on that one, and what's my agenda for this one, and we have, there's many different reasons that That goes through the church that you hear That these people have But uh, those are not Godly reasons Those are not godly reasons We must set our affections on things that come from Up above so that we will always Have godly reason The Bible says seek ye first The kingdom of heaven and all of its righteousness Then all these Things shall be added Unto you and so when we Seek the kingdom, and when we seek God, this may sound like old school, but I believe we've we've got to go back to old school because a lot of this New Age teaching has caused more harm to the body than it has good. Uh, When we begin to follow the old path and when we begin to seek God and we begin to do uh, the right things in God, then God will be our protector. And, and, and I hate to say it, but the scripture never is to trust no man anyway. The scripture says to put our trust in him, in God. And many times is that we we give people too much authority over our life and too much control over our life, and we give them too much power over our life. And, and this should not be the case. We should be uh, uh, adult enough or strong enough in God that where we should not give our power away to another person. And and and, and that person what we don't know. That person may abuse the power that we gave them. That person may abuse us in such a way that it would harm us, uh, detrimentally. And so we we, we have to begin to get back to the roots of things, to get back to reading the Bible for ourselves instead of allowing just people to read the Bibles and just give us the scriptures that they want to give us. But we have to begin to study the Bible that we will understand what is going on in this hour. And 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 when we begin, especially when we begin to read Timothy, uh, the third chapter, second Timothy, third chapter, and when we begin to read Matthew, the 24th chapter, it tells us, a lot of things that are going to be going on in this hour. And, and, and most of it, it says that in, uh, in the third chapter of, uh, I mean, the second Timothy, the third chapter, it tells that in the last day man shall be what lovers of them own self. And that's uh, Narcus's statement that the, what nowadays people love themselves more than they love anybody else. And that is not, should not be in the house of God. The house of God, the whole principle is opposite. We are to esteem others than we do ourselves in order that what? We can walk in humility and that we can love our brothers and sisters as we're supposed to love them in Christ. Uh, Are we still on the line? Hello? Hello? Uh, But anyway, uh, that's, uh, where we should be, and I'll just keep talking. Uh, yes, um, I'm, here. I'm here. Okay, the control when we leave, when we let people control us, these controls always lead, and i said it before, to sexual control. They will have you to believe they're going to marry you, and they never their intentions are never to leave their wife and to marry you. Uh, and then we, the another intention is the financial control. They were they would abuse the seed sowing concept. They would abuse again. They would abuse the seed sowing concept, and they would have you sowing seeds unto them instead of sowing seeds to do ministerial work. The Bible gives us mandates to go out into the hedges and the highways and compel people to come into His house. The 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 the, the, the financial stuff that we take up. Should be going towards uh uh building up the kingdom, adding more souls to the church doing these type of works instead of building up monuments for people uh because all that's going to burn down one day, and we have to understand that our our uh our goals in in any church is not to sit on the pew, but our goals in any church is to uh to be building up the kingdom. And when we uh, enter into a relationship where they are trying to control us financially, we can understand, and we should be able to see that that the seeds are going more towards them than they are to building up the ministry. Then the third yes. one is a mental control. Are you there? Yes. Yes. The third one is a mental control. The mental control is to maintain church growth. They uh, they they will strong hand. They have strong hand tactics by. Misrepresenting scripture, they take scripture and twist it, and, and and bend it, and to bring you into fear. And then they and a lot of them, uh, they take them all out of context and making you feel like if you, like I said, if you leave their church, something bad is going to happen. They use and abuse the office of apostles, prophets to keep you from socializing with people that will that will expose them. See, they don't want you to socialize with uh, other Christians, and they don't want you going to other churches because they feel like that if you hear the truth, then that truth would draw you away from them, and it begin to take away uh, members from their church. Uh, and they love, number four, they love the power of uh, the high they get from being able to control or just being in charge. Another one is they 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 call them control freaks. Such persons manipulate, pressure others to change, so as to avoid having to change themselves. They're always trying to get you to change, but they never try to change themselves. They they use power over others to escape an inner emptiness or a spiritual imbalance in their life. And so we have to be able to look out for these people we we have to be on on the on, on on guard if you will to to look out for these people so that we would no longer end up in these type of toxic relationships scripture has given us many principles and guidelines that that will help us to fight and to give applications to this but uh you have to be in a bible believing a bible teaching church uh, to understand this I mean all through scripture if When we read these things would not, not only happening in our Day but they was happening in Their days how that the Sadducees and the Pharisees and all Of these people were alluring People out and doing different things Even with them well, Jesus went Into the temple and he whipped them out of the temple Why because they was cheating the people They was giving the people uh, Sick birds and things to offer up Sacrifice uh, The money changers was in the building And it was giving them uh, Doing different things with the money In in the building and and cheating folks And so so what This has been going on for long Longer than many of us are old So what That means that the enemy is more sharper now With it and he does things In a different way He does things in a subtle way now And if we don't pick up on it From the beginning We would be caught in the web We'll be caught in his web. We'll be caught in his traps because he is uh, he, the 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 devil. Now he is he hits he's on his game, if you will. He's on his game because he knows that he has mu- he don't have much time, and so that he's trying to get as many souls as he can. And so how he's trying to do that, he's trying to get it through any means necessary. And many times is it's, it's through the church. Why? Because if he can destroy what you think about the church, if he can destroy what you think about preachers, apostles, evangelists, and and all these things that God has set in place in the ministry, if he can destroy that, then he realized that you will probably never step back into the local church again. And as, as people, we must understand that, even in life, life teaches us itself that there are good and bad in any profession and and there's good doctors there's bad doctors there's good teachers there's bad teachers, there's good mechanics, and I know y'all know Pro' dealt with a lot of bad mechanics and so in, in, in even in Christendom, there's good Christians and there's bad christians if you will if, to use that for lack of term uh and and there's good. Pastors and there are Bad pastors and so we have To understand this and we understand This then that should shed light That we shouldn't walk away from the real Church but we should walk Away from a fake church And get ourselves into A bible and pray And ask God to place you In a place where somebody is The bible says that he will bring He will call unto him pastors that will have the heart for the people in the last day. And so this is what we have to be searching for, pastors that have a heart for God's people. And see, and they have no other agenda, but they have a heart for God's people because they are concerned about your soul. They're not trying to enter into these non-toxic relationships, and they're not trying to uh, scheme you are—they're not trying to uh, talk flattering words to get you to do whatever they want you to do, but they're trying to promote one thing, and that is to promote Jesus in your life and to have you to grow. And so we have we have went around circles talking about everything, and I hope that while you're out there, you're enjoying this and you're listening to this, and then you'll understand that the 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 the, the, the that there is a need for us to recognize inappropriate relationships in this hour because most of the the damage is done to try to destroy people, to try to destroy your faith, to try to destroy whatever uh, admirations that you had in life to do better. That's whether it's spiritual or natural. The whole purpose is to, to try to destroy you and try to vex you and to try to you to try to make you believe that there is no hope, and to try to make you believe that you know uh, uh, what uh, is life worth living is. It, it, it's all trying to damage you on the inside. But we serve a God that can come and heal you, no matter what in inner, inappropriate relationship you have been in. We serve a God that can heal you. We serve a God that can deliver you from whatever condition. That you're in at this time And there's sure There's never It's never too late It's never too late God always has something for you God has greater for you God wants you to be whole He wants you to be healed He wants you to be delivered He wants you to be set free And I'm talking to someone out there tonight That they don't believe that they can be set free But I challenge you today that if you would get in a bible back church and that if you begin to call on the name of Jesus, I challenge you today that God will turn your situation around right now. Every time you turn around, the enemy is speaking things in your mind to bring up your past, that inappropriate relationship that you had. And he keeps bringing it up in order to get you off track. And try to get you off track because while you're trying to move forward, you're trying to move in the things of God, but that enemy keeps sticking his head up. But I challenge you today is to to begin to pray and begin to speak the word over your life and to begin to watch God bring a change in your life. You don't have to keep continuing in what you're in right now. God is able to to turn this whole thing around, all you have to do is to cast your cares upon him and and just go to your closet, go your prayer closet, wherever it may be, and begin to tell the Lord, pour out your heart before him and let the Lord know that you need help in these incidents and ask the Lord to guide you and to lead you to proper people that will cause the, the growth in your life. And ask the Lord, say, Lord, I just need help. You know, just cry out for help like you really need it. And I just believe tonight, uh, Minister Prater, I believe tonight that God has people on the line right now that needs help and that wants help, and they want God to do a miracle in their life. And I believe that you're just right now for a miracle. Anytime your your uh, your uh, things are hard upon your life, you're hard pressed. Anytime things are not going right, you're just a candidate for a miracle. You are just a candidate for a miracle, and I believe that God wants to perform that miracle in your life tonight. All you have to believe is the Bible says, whosoever will, let him come. And so we're asking tonight that whosoever will, let him come tonight. You may be on the phone. You may may be watching us uh, different kind of communicational ways. But if you have a way to contact us or to ask questions or call in or to do whatever you need to do to get in contact with us, we ask that you would do this in order that we can pray with you, in order that we can uh, touch and agree with you, in order that we can share some wisdom, some, some nuggets, and some wisdom over your life that will help you in your quest to become more like Christ. And I'm going to give you the hand, of Brother of Minister Prater, at this time.
1: But I wanna tell you, I I really, really, really appreciate that, you know. Um I don't know what happened with the line and I lost communication, I couldn't hear anything, but um little did I know that you were
3: speaking
1: and mm-hmm. I thank God that even what I thought was the disconnect that was the opportunity for you to just be able to just allow God to use you, and I'm glad mm. that I didn't end anything. I'm glad I didn't unplug anything when I thought I lost connection. But what I did, I end up. I'm on my phone now. I'm on my. I'm on, I'm on my personal phone now to be able to hear mm. him, to be able to respond. So even though I may not have connection on the quote unquote on the regular way that I normally would have but I thank God for the ram in the bush and I thank God for you hitting on so many things, you know. Right now I've never I'm be honest with you, I've never had to quote unquote look for a church home. I've been established mm-hmm. in the church home that I'm I'm at and it's so many people that are looking for church homes but it's almost like they in fear. And I'm gonna be honest with you, um for those that know, I've been working in the jailhouse for over 24 years, and I've had many people have come through the jailhouse. And just because somebody in jail don't mean they're a bad person or they're a sinner or anything like that. There may be some that have been there for mistaken identity. They might have been innocent, or even they may have slipped and did something that they weren't supposed to do. We've all have made mistakes in the past. But there are so many people I have in, I have. Uh, spoken with some They have shared some things with me That they've been in church And, th- and this is not Just quote unquote This is not church bashing, no But this is letting you all know That there are people, like you said There are good and bad in any profession In every profession But the thing is, just because someone Say that they quote unquote Are a minister of God Or they're a Christian We should not let our guards down it's so easy for us to go somewhere that's outside of church and we're really particular on who we deal with. We can pick up on when people are doing wrong or when people have ill motives outside of the church. But when we get into the church, we let our guards down and we allow ourselves to get hurt. Mm-hmm. And so with so, so with this, this is letting us know that we have a responsibility we have a responsibility, you, a responsibility. you know, and, and and all of us, all of us should be able to watch and see where if if you see somebody outside of the church and they shucking a the job and you you see that, you know what, this person up for game. I can pick it up. I feel it. Like this person is running game. Well, if you're able to recognize that same type of game outside of the church, when you get inside of the church and you see that same behavior, I don't care if they're wearing a suit or not. They may be running game inside of the church, too. So you have to call it the way it is and not allow anybody, like you said, to have so much control. First of all, and I'm going to say it like this. I've heard since my own little incident i dealt with a couple of years ago, as a matter of fact, in 2016, I dealt with, this, I dealt with something like that where um, someone that I knew was into that. And um, they were told, they were influenced. They were actually they were told. They were directly told to end the relationship. And what tr- what struck me about what I heard about that particular minister, that minister said that he knows when this person gonna die and when that person gonna die. Uh I'm gonna say it like this no man knows number one when the Santa Man is gonna come, when Jesus is gonna come back, and no one knows when somebody's gonna die. That you know you know when I when I see that that's a bullying mentality And like it's, you said a, People uh, use their authority
2: Not to mean to interrupt you
1: uh, yeah, go ahead that's
2: and, go ahead. Uh, and I'm just going to say it quick That's a form of witchcraft Yes it is.
1: Yeah, is They're, they're yeah.
2: playing a seed into your mind To make you fear them And fear Is, is the biggest weapon That works In those type of situations They yeah. have
1: to keep
0: fear
2: yeah. over the people Fear over the people and when people say things that doesn't line up with scripture, and you just you just hit it on the head because no man knows what the scripture says. No man knows the mm-hmm. hour. So, and then our scripture all said that we only know in what part. In part. And When somebody tell you that they know all of that, then they're doing that to make you become into fear. And when you become into fear, then what? I have control over you now.
1: Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and unfortunately, so many people that do that kind of stuff, I don't know if you said this or not, because like I said, I lost connection, but they prey upon people who are hurting. They prey Mm -hmm. upon people who are, if you want to say, some of them consider them easy, or or they catch somebody Mm -hmm. when they're vulnerable. They catch Mm -hmm. them when they're vulnerable, when they're going through something. And then now... Mm -hmm. They, they, they. I'm gonna tell you like this, because I've dealt with so many of them. It's like a pimp mentality.
2: That's what it is. Just they pimping the people.
1: Yeah. And unfortunately, the person that's the victim, they have good intentions. They, I mean, and and it's heartbreaking. And the the last person that you expect to not trust is someone that's supposed to be representing Christ. Uh-huh. But like you said. We have to be watchful. Just because, First of all, we have to make sure that we, regardless if we are involved in a church or have, uh, if we've joined the church yet, first and foremost, like you said, we have to be able to start talking to God in our own language. You you don't have to pray in, oh, the great God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. No, look here, just talk to God just like you'll be talking to a friend or apparent. You know, you don't have to mm. know the Hebrew and Greek and all this. No, just talk to God just like you talk to someone that you love. Look here, I need yeah. some help. Matter of fact, when Peter when Peter was walking on the water, he was about to drown, he didn't say, Oh, the great Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the father of I me mean, No, he said, Look here, Jesus saved me. That's what he said. And so that's mm-hmm. the same thing pertaining to what we need to say when pertaining to God, uh, God, you know I need some help. Oh uh, God, I'm confused. And you know what? We we always say that gut feeling, but it's actually your spirit man, which is right below your navel. If it if it don't feel right, if you don't have a peace about it, you need to investigate. Don't override it. You need to investigate everything and anything that feel like, well, you know, I don't want nobody to know. Keep let's keep it a secret. That's letting you know right then and there. Number one, that's wrong, and number two, it ain't of God. Anything pertaining to God don't mind being exposed. Truth don't mind being exposed, but it's lies and manipulation that tries to quote unquote keep things hid. Don't tell nobody, or oh, don't say do, no, no, don't say no, don't, don't, no, no. That's letting you know right then that it ain't of God. And God, mm-hmm. the main thing I always say, God is not the author of confusion. God is not the author of confusing. Mm -hmm. Wait, we also
2: have to be careful when a pastor goes outside his normal visiting hours
3: Mm.
2: and make special arrangements to visit with you. So, other words, it's kind of like what you just said. It's uh, he don't want nobody to know. Yeah. See, if 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 his normal, uh, because most people don't get outside of there. Uh, normal times If his normal counseling hours Is from this time to this time Or if his normal uh, Time of prayer with the people Is from this time to this time But all of a sudden he wants to meet with you At this time Then It may not be But it could be Because he, he's going outside of His what normalcy And so we have to be aware of that and and then we have to question that and say, uh, is, especially if you're a woman and that's a man, is anybody else gonna be there? You know, I mean, cause he 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 he's a, he might be your pastor, but he's not your husband. Is anybody else gonna be there? And if if not, no one else be there, then you have to step up and say that uh, 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 you may not tell him, but you you bring your husband with you. <laughs> Right, right, <laughs> you see right, what I'm saying? Right, right. We have to exercise yeah. wisdom. We have to exercise wisdom. We shouldn't be in any place uh, with the opposite sex. Now, the, there's some in the body that uh, they can do this, and it's no problem. But then those that don't have that, the Bible calls it a gift. Usually, uh, you don't have that type of gift. Then what? You should never put you in a position, yourself in a position. To where you put yourself into a trap, and there's no way of escape. And so yeah. we should always be on the guard. We should always be on the look. It's sad to say that in the church, but Jesus had to be on the guard, and he was Jesus.
1: Right, uh, His right, own, right.
2: his own, his own person turned him in. You, you see, so I'm yeah. saying. So, and we all say we want to be like Jesus, so we have to recognize that it wasn't the people that from the outside that turned Jesus in; it was the person from the inside. That turned Jesus in, and also it wasn't it wasn't the world that killed Jesus. It was the church at that time that killed Jesus. And so we have to be aware that 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 the, the enemy he, he does not work from outside of the church. He works from inside of the church. Why? Because we are mere men. And uh, we're capable of anything. And when he, uh, when we don't pray like we ought to, when we don't fast like we ought to, we don't study our word like we ought to, the Satan can enter in just little, little bitty things, and and and, and cause us to do things that we normally wouldn't do. And so we have to be aware of that. And and uh, when you was, uh, I heard the the line went away, and and I, heard, uh, someone was trying to call me back. And the Lord just said keep talking, so I just kept talking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. You know what I, I was I, be I
1: concerned. That, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. Uh, number one, I thank you. I was I actually that was me that was calling from um from mm-hmm. the um uh, podcast line. But yeah, thing worked out the way it you, did. It couldn't
2: get a connection, yeah. Did uh, uh did you have the yeah. response on there?
1: Uh matter of fact, I do have someone right now that do wanna uh come on the line. I'm going to see if I can do that I'm doing this uh, through my phone Okay Hello, welcome to Reconnect Mahal Radio Program You're on the air with Minister Tim Green
0: Hello Mr. Green And hello Brother mm-hmm. Jones Hi, I was just calling hello. because I was listening And um, I just wanted to share something About the, the ministers When you're talking about the manipulation About How they're out for money profit And stuff I was in a mm-hmm. ministry similar to that um, and A ministry were, And it just it just dawned on me When I talked to some of the old members That Some of these ministers know exactly who to manipulate You know and like I said I was on fire for God I was a babe you know I was learning new things And we were coming I mean when I say we literally were coming out the Bible Word from word We were literally praying I mean I seen her pray We we'll were we'll fast I mean everything we did We change the God but when you say they do things in secret and they don't wanna let everybody know, it just on me that every time it came to paying something for say for instance, she might do something for buy Christmas clothes for the children in the church. And while everybody's in her, you know, the other parents are all, you know, smiling and all happy, she'll come whisper in my ears, Now you know that was three hundred dollars, you gonna have to pay my money back. And I'd be just smiling and I kept the smile on my face, but I was like, Huh? I was like, I didn't even ask her. She, you know, it was, she would just say things out of the blue because she knew that I, she knew where my heart was that, you know, because they come up that scripture. You know how it says you bring a prophet, it's a water, you get a prophet, it's a reward or, you know, mm-hmm. the, the you know, she, every time it came about doing what, you know, the teachers are supposed to do and stuff and this and that, she kind of elevated that. So you felt like, and then she, mm-hmm. when she elevated you, she put her stuff kind of like in the place of God without me even realizing, you know, we were sweet. we and believe me, we were singing and we were praising God, but when it came to her, she put herself, she kinda of manipulated the situation. So when or like um she'd come around, she'd say, Well let's make this vow. This vow is just going to be like be for like three three months. And it'd be a three hundred and six three hundred well, yeah, I think it was three hundred and sixty. For couples three hundred and sixty. For without couples it was like three but anyways, it wanted only be for like six months. Well once six months came she starts, that's when she got to rebuking you when you thought you was going to break that, when you were going to get off that vow. Like she forgot she told us that it was a the limit. Then she started saying, you can't, it's better not to make a vow than to break it. So then she had us terrified, so we wound up still holding on the vow that was only having a second guess ourselves. Okay, we know this vow was just set for three, I mean for six, so now we're paying vows, we're paying pastoral, we're paying tithes and offering. And we got rebuked really bad, but I remember her always, always coming to me and whispering in my ears, telling me, okay, well, you owe this. You need to pay this. You need to do this. And I'm like, huh? Because I was easy, easily to manipulate it because all I wanted was to do right. I didn't want no – and then that, then you that you will be cursed. You will be cursed. So my family, I remember my, we went without. Like when her grandson was sitting there again on Christmas, he was sitting there getting Christmas gifts. And so me and my family, was, me and my little kids were sitting at the church like 4 o'clock in the morning in a big lying line trying to get presents or trying to get food or something because – but her her, her um, grandson was sitting over there very well, you know. Um, and then, <clears throat> so I, I was just thinking about what you said at, like, and then, like, when you said 4 o'clock in the morning, I remember a lot of times, at the time I was married, a lot of times she would have, and it have, you know, she tried it with some other, and I just found she tried it with some other women's husband, and they were like, oh, not going down. But she'll have my husband over there till, like, 4 o'clock, something in the morning. And yeah, he was frustrated, come on, but having him do everything. But she was a single woman. And I used to sit back and get frustrated. I used to be like, don't she realize that I'm your wife? That I need you here to be at the house sometimes? You know, it's very real. The ministry did mm-hmm. break up because everybody did leave, but now that ministry is back together, back in the same location. And there's a lot of people that are being misled by this, you know. Um, and we saw a lot of miracles. We saw a lot of things that happen. We saw, you know, God healing people stuff. And when I actually, you know, prayed one time and asked God, I said, well, Lord, if I was in the wrong ministry, you know, and I why did actually all this happen? And he said it was the people's heart. Because, you know, even though we were, she had, like, it was probably about 30 or 40 of us, we really wanted God. And so we were praying, we were fasting for people to be healed, and we actually saw, you know, that happen. Mm-hmm. We saw, you know, a lady that was like, um, I think, what is that, for, Um, she was she had AIDS and it had blown up and there was... On giving her a couple of days to live, we saw him completely heal her. We saw this one lady that came from, I think, Alabama. Something. She was, she came to the ministry, and she had the issue of blood. And her and her husband wanted to, you know, conceive a child, but she couldn't stop. And I remember we all fasted. We all fasted because our heart was in the right place. And we prayed. And when she came down, I remember, you know, seeing her again wrapped up in the white sheet, and, you know, we just all around her, and she's praying. And then she reported back that she felt instantly, it dried up. And then maybe about a couple months later, I know, a, a couple months later, she, you know, she was, she, could, she let him know that she was pregnant. But here's the thing, everybody that ever came to that church, there's something that God had delivered them from or healed them from. You could see the joy in them, but then they always, they wound up disappearing. And next thing you know, oh, the pastor was telling us, well, you know, they were the devil and they were demons. But I'm like, well, we sit here and we pass passing and praying. We saw God them. How can they have been witches if he said, suffer not a witch to live? How could they be demons? But, you know, we were so, but we just took it for her word. And, you know, um, I stayed in that ministry for seven years, and I I saw all this, but it was like I was blind. I was blind to it until my eyes were able to be revealed, until the shutters, the blindfold came off my eyes so I could see exactly what was going on. And I think maybe about five years into the ministry, I started realizing, I started realizing what was going on. And then um, I stayed two years, and then I finally out. But, you know, um, I, I know it was a purpose for me to be there uh, at that time because now I'm able to share with other people. I'm able to write about it. But I'm just saying what is going on now and how people are being pulled. And and yeah. then would you say we get that little feeling in our stomach, just feeling like this is not right? I had that, you know, but a lot of times we excuse that. Of, Man, okay, this is just the this maybe the enemy. This is the enemy talking to us or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. I'm not thinking of that person like What
2: we what I we have said, to understand, are you there?
0: on what is, deliver or not, but I'm talking for my parents. Are you uh,
2: there?
0: Yeah, what what we have saying, to
2: realize is that even even with children, right? Most of the time, social service can pick up who's the abusive part because the chi- the children even though that person abused them. The, that child will always run to the person that abused them, not out of love but out of fear that they might be abused. So they're trying to please that person. You understand what I'm saying? They're trying to please yes. that person as much as they can, and that's how abuse works. It works off of fear. And see, and, and that's why those churches are really occult-type churches because mm-hmm. they they push fear into the people. And that's a form of abuse. And when they abuse their authority and abuse their power, see that they they take the word out of context. They said that okay, if you don't give, you're gonna be cursed. Well, the Bible says if you give grudgingly, you are already cursed. <laughs> right. oh, so right. so so how how are you gonna do one without the other? Uh, and see, and then the Bible says it's, it's best not to make a vow and break a vow. But the Bible never told anybody to force you to make a vow. You right. know what I'm saying? You, you should Absolutely. want to do that on your own. You should want to do what you do. You do it on your own. But many times, you, you ever notice, whatever amount of money that they need, they'll come up and say, "I need 50 people to give me." God say, "I need 50 people to give me a hundred dollars." Okay, mm-hmm. and that's the amount of money that they need. Now it'd be different if God say, "I needed," uh, 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 if they say, "I need 50 people." To give me an odd number, 35 number, that's different than what the church budget needs or whatever. See, mm-hmm. see what I'm, you, you understand what I'm saying? But I the, see many exactly times they get said. up and they use they use God in, 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 in saying that, that they need God to do, God is telling them to tell the people. Now they already got a number in their head and they need that mm-hmm. amount of money and, and they I figure that with. Fifty people. How come God can say, "Okay, I need one person to just is one person in the building that could give me uh, fifty thousand dollars"? You know, you know what I'm saying? But it's right, al, it's absolutely. always it's always in a way that it's almost a little overtaxed, but it's undertaxed, so that the people in the church, why that's fear that's putting pressure on you, and mm-hmm. and, and most of the time that pressure is to keep you to where. Now you are humble because you have so much pressure on you now you're uh it's a, just like any other abusive situation you're you, you're under that abuse, and that abuse controls you every step that you make you know like, and so yeah. we have to be aware of all of
0: this the you know grin? I'm so glad I'm yes, I can definitely hear you and um you know when you said you're so absolutely because absolutely right about the abuse because one thing that she did do completely was rebuke us. And she did put the fear, and we thinking that we had the fear of the fear of the Lord. You know, what I'm saying that conviction, that fear, but that fear was what she was installing in us. You know, and um. Mm-hmm. So when I when I finally left the ministry, I still related to if I had to go to the ministry, if I didn't feel that fear, if I didn't get that rebuke, then I didn't feel like I was really in a real. I felt like something was wrong. Hold on a second. Let me step. Mm-hmm. Up for a moment. So even with that, and it's not something that it's not something easy to say. Okay, hey, um, that was wrong because it was embedded in my mind. It was just embedded into my character. So even now, I still struggle with that. Okay, hey, I need to I need to be rebuked, or or I I, I kind of like beat myself up when I do something wrong because that's what I'm used to, and that's what I feel. Yeah. And even though I'm in a good church and a loving church, I mean, oh my goodness, my church is awesome. You know, every now and then, I'm like, okay, I think I I. Instead of having the pastor Because the pastor doesn't rebuke me like that I think I do it I up that characteristic to do it to myself
3: Because Once I'm so in
0: used the right to the church, rebuke To make me feel like
2: In the right church In the right environment uh, 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 The pastor only rebuke you When you're not listening to the word of God
0: Because now he has to bring got, you we got he, or not Doing things for her. Yeah, well, we that's that, that's everything. not
2: that, that's 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 not the way it's supposed to work. Even God doesn't do that with us. God will set a word for us, and the word be for us. And when we turn our mind against the word of God, then God has to come and bring a person in your life that will uh, begin to uh, prophesy or begin to confirm what God has already spoken over your life. Okay, what God has already told okay. you to do He will bring a person in to confirm that Okay, but in a right church we, we get rebuked But most people don't realize that When the when, when a powerful word Of uh, rebuking come forth the, the word that I brought uh, A few Sundays ago Over there about it was a rebuking Word, but I didn't come out and rebuke Just on an individual Basis I, I, I rebuked okay. by admonishing the People to draw back to God and that is the word of a rebuke. See, but most people that use fear, they want to use fear on an individual basis. See, and where I'm, 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 I'm tormenting you. I'm fearing you because I'm, I'm, I'm speaking it out. Even though I'm up over the pure pure period, but I'm making you feel like that. I'm just talking to you. And then when, when those type of things are, they are a are cult. They're a cult. Every cult that's like that. You take the one that was in Waco and all those other cults, that's how they work. That's how they work. They work through fear. They work through manipulation. They make you feel like if you leave the compound, then what? They're going to come after you, and they're going to uh, do this and that to you. And see, and a church is not styled that way. A church, we're just, we, we're we supposed to be, if you if you think that you've outgrown this church or whatever your idea, you're ready to leave this church we're just happy to hear that you're going to a ch- another church, a church. You're still going to be in church. That's kingdom-minded. It doesn't matter if you're in my church, their church, whatever church, because if you're not getting the word here if you're not getting the word there, you need to get the word wherever you can get the word and wherever you can be helped. And so kingdom-minded people, most of the time, if they will help you to try to find a church. If that's what you if that's what you need to do, then we want to help you try to find a church. Or if you feel like God is leading you to start your own church. We will help you start your church. That's kingdom minded. Yeah. Why? Because we're in the business of building up the kingdom. And so as many souls as we can help, we can try to help. But uh, the people that are under the witchcraft or all cult churches, they're the church churches that try to keep you centralized. And one compound, uh, they're trying to keep you eliminated from other people. They don't want you socializing with only the churches that they go to. They don't want you going to nobody. They don't want you to experience anything that will cause you to think and wonder about what they're doing over here. You know, and so that's yeah. how it that all works. It's all based on fear.
0: Yeah, you're right, because even even with us, even in the ministry, it was like I have fear just to go visit one of my brothers and sisters in the ministry, like especially if the – over, If the pastor at that time would call, it was like my heart beating because a lot of times she wanted us to let, you know, kind of like she'd be like, she wanted to know when you was visiting each other. She kind of wanted, kind of like wanted permission, Not, you know what I'm saying? So sometimes mm-hmm. we'd be like, we ain't finna, you know, we ain't finna always go through her. I mean, I can go talk, but then when she called, I remember my heartbeat just beating. I'm like, oh my goodness, please don't let her know I'm here. And you know what I'm saying? Because I didn't want to give her view. You know, um, and that's how she did it. She wanted us, and she didn't want us to communicate with each other because she knew we got together, you know, and started going over to each other's house talking, that we were all start talking and, you know, talking about what she's doing individually and realize it was not mm-hmm. of God. So she wanted to keep us separate, and that's how she pretty much did it. She, you know, and then on Christmas and holidays and stuff, we had to be with her. We couldn't be with our family, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of times she, we couldn't be with our family. It, it, she kept us with her. You know, mm, No, no, I mean, no You would have no, talked to no, us no. in the same apartment But even though we was in the same and, apartment There's no relationship and, like and
2: that if you, if you listen to the podcast I, I, I told you that, that The reason they do that Is because they mm-hmm. have uh, Fear Of yeah. their own insecurities And they try to make it feel like It's your insecurities Right. But, in all actuality, they have not dealt with their insecurities down the line somewhere they've been abused and- uh men and miss. June talk about this all the time where abusive people are hurting people or going out and hurting others because they haven't had right. the time to be healed themselves right see and so because they was governed that way, then now they're gonna govern others that way because that's what's in them. They haven't let that go. They haven't got that down. And I'll go even a step further and say that they don't have the love of Christ, because even Christ doesn't beat us up. He allows us all the chances in the world until we close our eyes. Can you imagine that? He allows you every day. He allows you a chance to That's to right. get. He don't. He don't come on you every morning and say, "I, I rebuke you. I rebuke you. I rebuke right. you." No, he. Allows, why you? You're a free moral agent. He he, he speaks right. the word through the preacher, through the prophet, through the whatever, and he allows you he, he, until you close your eyes and don't wake up again. He's allowed you all that chance to get whatever right, that's whatever right. wrong, right. And that's and, and see that's a that's a loving father. That's God is called grace and mercy, and and so. And then he tells us that we're supposed to share that same type of grace and mercy towards others. if he give us that length of time, then we're supposed to give what the man came to him and said, "How many times shall I forgive?" and he said seventy times 70. Mm-hmm. see what i'm saying and i and, and, and I don't know if he ever came back, but he would probably when he, if he came back he would probably say the same thing again again seventy times seventy That's- you know, because it's it's unexhausted. God's mercy and grace for us is unexhausted. Because if He ever uh, got tired of us, the way that men get tired of us, then uh, you know He'd blow His stack and, and we'd all be gone.
3: You know, That's but
2: why. but we have to think about that. A, a a true pastor is is a pastor that will allow you to get things right, unless you just so far out of order. So he have to bring you in. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. See, then he has to bring you in and, and rebuke you. If you're just so far out of hand, if you if, if, if he's just getting so many reports from people all over the place about you doing this and you doing that, see, now you're beginning to put a stain on the ministry, so they have to bring you in now because of, uh, you just got so far out of hand that so they have to bring you in. You're doing all kinds of things in the church, you know. If it's a man, he's finding out that the man is trying to sleep with all the women in the church. He's trying to do all. He's trying to rip people off in the church. He's trying. So now he has to bring him in. But it. it but it, as much be it can that uh, a true pastor is just going to preach the word of God, what God gives him, and he's going to put it out, and he's going to always allow you chances to get better, and 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 that's his whole goal is to try to disciple you and to make you better. Because he understands that there's a lot of things you don't know. A, a true pastor understands it, you know. And and I used to be a uh, assuming preacher, and God had to deal me with that. Because I assumed that most of the people when I look over the audience, most of them when they was testifying, they sounded like they been in church for ten, fifteen years. So uh, when I preach, sometimes I would skip over a whole lot of stuff because I just assumed they knew. But then, right. but then I come to find mm-hmm. out, they've mm-hmm. been in the church all their life and they ain't never heard. They know they didn't know that. Right. So yeah. and I yeah. mean it's a shame that you would have to start back over from basic from from basic Christianity and move up to the hierarchy, but it, it it's it's a lot of things people haven't heard, you know, and so you assume that they should know better, but they don't because they never have been taught that. You know, and so, so we it's right. a it's a we we can't we can't just assume anymore. We have to make sure that we have clarity on everything, and make sure that even when I was talking about interenter relationships, see, uh, most people when they go to a church, they don't even ask the pastor what they believe. They just assume because they got the sign out their church.
1: How do you know they don't believe
2: in satanic activities? <laughs> Right, right, right,
3: right, right, right.
2: You know, we just—they've got a sign, a shingle out front. And, I mean, when you go to a doctor of dentist, you ask more questions than that. You know, he mm-hmm. talking my cutting on you. You want, you want to see his. De- hey, where's your diploma? Where's your degree? What kind of surgeon are you? How long you been in practice? You know, but when we go to the church, we we don't we don't we say, sir, I need a. Uh, I don't know if you have a beginners class or whatever. I need a beginner class. I need to see what y'all believe in the church. What is your church charter? What is your church creed? What What are you, uh, you know? Because you got to see how this person is thinking. That's over your life, right? You know. And if they're not thinking right, if their doctrine is not lining up with what you think is right, then that's a clue right there that you need to what? You need to move out. (laughs) You know. And so, but many that's how we get lured in because we go to a place. Or oh, we see a Christian, and just because they can shout,
0: hallelujah,
2: then they got us. That's and funny. they have said, let's pass hallelujah, but they got us because it was just something in how they said hallelujah. <laughs> it just got all yeah. the red little do all up and down my back. Okay? but But that's not it right there. I need to know more than hallelujah. I need to know how you're thinking. I need to know what you believe. I need to know... What's your aspiration? Because some preachers believe that all the members should be poor just like him, you know. So I don't want to be in that church because I don't want to be. I can't drive no Mercedes in heaven. <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't live in no big house in heaven. I don't need it up there. I need it down here. So I need somebody that, that has a balance in prosperity. I need a person that has a balance in healing teaching. I need a person that has a balance in faith teaching. I need a person that has an overall balance because we can go too far either way. You know, some people think you're supposed to be poor. Some people think you should be filthy rich, you know, but we should have a balance, and we should be in a church that teaches balance, that we, we, we can have a balance of God. And, and and you can have a balance of God. Anybody, we can all have a balance of God as long as we activate the principles of what we're asking God for. And that was something I was working on earlier. Are we still online?
3: Yes, 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 oh, yes.
2: Okay. I was asked I was yes. asking God about that before. There are uh um uh, uh, in the Bible in the world, rather let me, let me get over to this place. In the world, there are uh we understand that there's all kinds of principles. You can call it laws, you can call it principles, right? We understand it because we went to school most of There are uh, the natural laws of principles. These are laws that determine by nature. Uh uh tradition as Christians we believe they're determined by God. That governs human nature, okay, and it's it's universal. See, and one of them is just the law of relativity. We know what goes up, what must come, must down. come,
0: down. Must come down. There's
2: laws that there's laws that's in place in the earth realm. That that God he 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 does every now and then. And he will, cause God can do whatever he wants to do, but God doesn't make it a habit of going against what goes up must come down. See, uh, so so, what is that saying then? Once we understand the principles, there's there's also financial laws that God that govern us, and God talks about the the, the financial law, and, it, and when we look at uh, Philippians four nineteen, It's said, "God shall supply." What that means That we have to consider, make sure that we understand that God is our what source. God shall supply all of my needs according to His riches and glory, which are in Christ Jesus. Okay, after we realize that, then we can move on to Luke 6 and 38. Mm-hmm. Luke 38 says, Give, and it shall be given. So it's yes, essential man. to us to give. And see, when we understand the, the principle behind whatever we're doing, then we can be successful. But most of the time we don't understand the principle of what we're trying to do. There's a, there's a law on longevity, which all, most all Christians overlook that law. On longevity God promised us uh, anywhere from 75 to 120 years In Genesis it's 120 And Psalms it's 75 years of life But there's a principle behind that law The principle is that Are we eating correctly Uh, Are we uh, exercising like we're supposed to You know, are we being obedient Like we're supposed to be There are laws and principles behind Everything that God has set out and when we when when we uh, stay in line with those principles and those laws that God has set out, and I'm not talking about what we say, are we under law, are we under truth and grace? I'm saying, no, I'm talking about the laws of nature that control the universe. If there were no laws that control nature in the universe, then the sun would hit the star or the moon would hit the sun. See what I'm saying? There's things that God mm-hmm. has set in place that if we are, are, are governed by them, if we... If we study them, if we um, get into them and most of these laws are in the Bible. Even businessmen uses the Bible in order that they can gain. Because they use the principles out of Proverbs, they use the principles out of Ecclesiastes. They use different principles out of the Bible. And they what the Bible said in them you will have success. And so but we as Christians we want things, and, and, and most Christians I'll say, we want things, but we're not willing to abide by the principles that that uh, that inherit uh, to inherit those different types of things and see, and especially a lot of us want uh material gain, a lot of us want more finances, but we're not willing to pay tithes, we're not willing to be obedient in the church, we're not willing to do this or that, and so it kicks us out of that it, yes. It kicks, it kicks us out of all of that. Yeah, I hear you. I hear it kicks us out of that. And the greatest principle that we 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 all most all of us miss out on is that there's seven different types of love. Until we have a balance in all seven, we will never be successful in one of them. Not one of them. We won't. We won't be successful in there's there's the. Uh, uh, what is it the, uh, let me look at here, I got the eros, that's the, the sexual type of love. There's philia, the friendship love, there's straw,s the family love, there's agape, that's a universal love. That's the type of love where we, we love people and we don't even know them, but we love them anyway. Mm-hmm. And there's ludus, a love that only focuses on fun. That's ludus, that's a love that focuses on fun. It has nothing to do with sex. We can have, man or woman, we can go out and have fun and we ain't thinking about sex. We just think about having Fun, going to Six Flags, ride and ride It's not, it don't have to be a man It could be a man, a man, a man, a woman Anyway, it could be just family But we're just out there just trying to have fun And then also you have a I don't know if I'm saying this one right Programma And that's focused on duty That's a love that focuses on duty It has no sexual attraction What it is in the old days People used to marry people that they didn't love Out of duty To the family or something, maybe their husband died or something And they need somebody they, And then what, as time went on Then they what, they grew to love them See, see, and then we have a Fluteous love It's a love that's only focused on sex And that, I mean, not on sex But on self And that's the love that most people are in today They have a love that Only focuses on themselves And so, but we have to Have a balance we have to have a balance on on self. We have to have a balance on eros, philia, strongs, agape, uh, flutation, ludus. We have to have a balance on all of these, and we have a balance on all of these. We can be huh? We could be successful, and 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 the ones that we need see, because everybody's looking for a husband, but they but they're not balancing love. They're not balancing love. They might they might hate this person or that person. And Scripture teaches us that the greatest commandment is what? Love. Love. The greatest commandment is love. And what it also tells us in Corinthians, and now by the faith, hope, charity, and 1 Corinthians 13 and 13 says, now by the faith, hope, charity, these, but the greatest of these is what? Charity. Uh, And and then, you know, so we have to have in all of these laws that's in place or principles that are in place. When we get into the Word of God And we begin to study the Word of God We can activate these principles That's the only way God does not answer your tears He doesn't answer your situations He answers His Word You have to be in His Word And when you come out of the pages of the book And tell God what to it says It's kind of like a warranty on the, on the on the You know, you buy a car And they give you the warranty package Or the papers and whatever then if you don't have that stuff when you go up there you don't know what they supposed to warranty or not. But see and that's the way God. God wants to, God know the salesman on the floor, he know what he's supposed to warranty, but he's gonna study and ask you questions. Why? So see if you know. And if you don't know, he gonna let it go, you know, because why? It saved him money. And so in the same God God knows what you need, but God wants you to go to the book and let him and let and let him know that you're reading his book. And you know what the books say and that you're lining up with his book, you know, or you're lining up or trying to line up in some kind of way, that God would answer that. See, we can cry sometimes. We can cry all day and all night. But we never touch the heart of God because we haven't cried in the right place. We haven't cried in the right scripture. We haven't cried in what we need. So wherever we need from, that's the part we need to get in the book and begin to search. If we need deliverance for our emotions, we need to get in the book and see what it says about that. If we need deliverance and finance we need to get in the book and see what it says about our finance. If we need deliverance and health, we can get in the book and find out uh uh what it says about that. Because we go even though in the book of Daniel to give you an example, uh Daniel them didn't want to eat the diet of the people at that time. So Daniel, the king that he was gonna give his uh people this type of diet and then that uh, the king was going to give his people that their type of diet, and the one that would be the strongest in the end, that's the diet that they was going to accept. And so at the end of that, to make a long story short, Daniel them ate what they normally eat, and they was more stronger than the other guys that ate this other particular food. And so what is that? That's diet. See, God wants us to be balancing everywhere, because he can't use you if you can't... Uh, if, if you can't preach a speak for five minutes and you're out of breath, then what? God, he really can't do nothing. With you you know? <laughs> right, right, right. you know. But we have a lot of people that we have a lot of people that you know that's all out. Of, he was dealing with me about that. I got to get. I'm I'm been trying to get myself back in shape. Because you, if he wants you to go across the world, you can't do it because you uh, you start walking out of the street to get in your car. Before you get in your car, you're out of breath, you know. That's and right. So God wants us to have a, a – he wants us to be balanced. He wants us to be balanced. You know, he he don't mind you eating a little pork, but he don't want you eating it all the time. Because what you're out of balance. He don't he don't mind you eating meat all the time. I mean he wants you to eat meat sometime, but he don't want you to eat meat all the time because what you're out of balance. Because why you're gluttoning in one area, but you're neglecting in the other. See, we gotta have the vegetables to go with the meat. Some people just want to eat meat, and that's protein, but eventually that's gonna cause problems in your in your veins and your arteries and all kinds of stuff. And then he, he got to have water. Why? Water because the Bible, is. I mean, the 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 doctors tell me that 70% of your body is made up of what? Water. And so many, many diseases that's going on today, I've been reading that all, most all of them are, is because of a lack of water. It's not anything else, but, but they're not drinking enough water, so they have these very different sicknesses and illnesses in their body. And so... You know, I've said a lot, and I put a lot on the plate on the table. But my whole thing is to try to get people to get back in their word and begin to love the word of God. We have too many yeah. people in church that don't—they don't even love the word of God anymore. You—you you can't sit down and just and just begin to just come out the book and go verbatim verbatim. You have to get, it. and I'm a hooper. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I mean, you know, I get it gets in me sometime, and I just want to hoop. But I want to tell you something before I hoop. I want I, I want that to stick with you. See, but we get a lot that they just jump up out the chair and they just go. They just start to going. ow, And when you get through, you feel good, but you ain't got no vitamins in your body. So come Monday morning, when the enemy hits you. What you don't know what to do because all you know is grow, wow, wow, That's right. but you can't do nothing. See what I'm saying? And so we have to have mm-hmm. a balance. We have to have a balance. The church is off keel right now. It's out of balance. It, we have no balance in the church. We're doing too much of one thing and not enough of the other. And we have to bring That's it back right. to the center. We have to be doing. We have to be doing enough. Of. Some people are doing good works. They're doing a whole bunch of good works, but they're not doing any kind of spiritual works. And so what? They're out of balance. Then you got a lot of people that are doing a whole lot of spiritual work, but they're not doing any good work. So what? Now they're out of balance. They're out of kilter. And right. so we, right. we have to bring it back. We have to bring it back to the center. We can't do more one or the other. We have to bring it balanced. You take if I put uh, 120 pounds on one side of your body and 10 pounds on the other side of your body, uh, when you walk, you walk a little funny, would now, did you understand it? If I put yes, 120 pounds on your left side, and I put 20 pounds on your right side, when you begin to walk with that uh, 120 and 20 on the other side, you you walk a little funny. And see, and we can yes, see sir. that in the natural, but we can't see it in the spiritual. That when we are overweighted on one side and not enough on the other side, that we are out of balance. And God right. wants us to come back in. God wants us to come back into balance. He wants to have balance He don't want you to have too much family time And not enough God time He don't want you to have too much movie time And not enough Bible time He, He don't want you to have Too much of singing in the choir And not enough prayer time See, He wants you to bring it all back into a balance And when we are in balance Anything that's in balance The engine, when it's in balance It runs smooth The cars, when they're in balance They ride smooth. Everything that when it's in balance, right. it just does a better job. And so God wants us to get back into balance in all of our thinking. And so how do we do this? How do we accomplish this? We accomplish through Scripture. And we also accomplish by getting in a good Bible teaching church and getting out a Bible and getting a, a good study concordance, getting all these all the uh, stuff that we need, so we can sit down and study our Bible, and then whatever we're liking, we research it and we look it up in the Bible, and we can we begin to study. it, Then we know how we know how to activate it. See, you, you, you to open up a combination lock, you got to know the combination. See what I'm saying? So for what we do, we are getting down in the Scripture and we trying to unlock the combination. Okay, what am I doing wrong? What what am I lacking so I can't have this? Because I've been praying for this and it just ain't came about. So I'm I'm studying, searching the scripture because we understand that the failure is not in God, but it's in what? It's in us. If God is yeah. failed, then there ain't no need to serving that God, you know. So it can't be That's God. True. So okay. we have to we have to we got to run out our map, map and see what, what's the problem here. What's what, why is it not coming forth? Or why is it not? Uh, happening And most of the time It's because we're not prepared for it. And so how do we prepare for anything We have to start packing If we're going out of town We have to start packing First before we start packing We have to wash our clothes Make sure they're clean So we have to What's that We have to evaluate everything We have to do inventory on everything that Everything that we're going to take So we, want, we won't leave nothing at home That we need on the trip And have to buy it on the trip Because the trip we going on Ain't going to be no way to buy it on the way <laughs> <laughs> we gotta have it. We gotta make sure we pack it with us before we left. And so, this is, these are the things that God wants us to do: is to get back in balance and quit trying to take our old mind and use it in the church. We can't use the old mind. This is nuggets. You can't use oh your old mind, your unsaved mind in Amen. the church. You know, and Amen. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about some of the knowledge because some of the knowledge you have is good. But uh, our first mindset should be in the, uh, it said, be transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. See, our old mind or our evil mind, if you will, would always tell you when somebody hits you, you hit them back. Well, see, God's mind is a different different avenue. And so we can't, because that's what you have. You have a lot of people that keep getting back into the different things that they say they came out of, but they're getting back into them because they're allowing the old man to what? To come back up instead of studying the word of God and getting in the new man. And when we get in the new man, oh, the new man, he shouldn't, he shouldn't desire the things of the old man other words, when you look at yourself in the mirror, and if you still look like the old man, I'm talking about spiritually, then you should, I mean, you, you can just kind of give yourself a self-evaluation because the Bible says let every man examine himself own self to see if he'd be with the face. Okay, when you look at yourself and, and you can't see, no, within a year you can't see a, a little difference in yourself, then what? Then, the, then you're still resembling the what? The old man. And so oh, every time we turn every time we turn around, we should be resembling the new man and not the old man. And you should you should be able to tell you know you know a year ago I probably would have knocked your head off, but thank God I'm I'm walking in the new man. You know a year ago I probably would have failed for that, but I didn't this time. See, and, and you're rewarding yourself. You're letting yourself know that you're growing, that you're accomplishing things, and that you you're moving forward in God. But we cannot afford to allow the old man to take over where the new man should be coming in. Because the Bible says we should walk in the newness of what? The newness of life. So uh, any, man, uh, what? any man that is in Christ, he's a what? Uh, a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become what new. So we mm-hmm. have to forget about our past. Too many people are uh, uh, thinking about their past, past, right? But we have mm-hmm. to look at our new man, what what our, what God says our new man's supposed to be, and let me know if I'm going over my time. Uh, yeah. We have to look and see what our new man is supposed to be, and then that's the man that we're looking in the Bible and we're trying to find what our new man is supposed to be, and we have to forget about forget about the troubles that you had in the other church. Okay, that's good. That's a testimony that you can use that to help somebody, but we we can't marinate on that. Because it'll what? It'll start popping up in our spirit because we're human and yeah. and, and, and that thing will start to, it'll start to boiling over that this oh person is literally made of food. Yeah. <laughs> you yes. know, see, so well, I'm, we, we I'm can so only right. use it as a testimony and we can only use it as a testimony and then we have to shut it down then we have to tell people what God can do. See, you don't ever want to tell people Minister what Tim. what happened without telling what God, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: I find myself, because I left that church in 2010, but the reason why, and I technically, you know, I hear sometimes in my, and I try to, I I hear my head sometimes saying, even though you left in 2010, you never actually left it, because I physically left it, but mentally somewhere, I still hold on to it, because I still talk about it, it's eight it's eight years later, and I still talk about it as if it's still fresh, the pain is still there, mm-hmm. and so I know a lot of people, I mean, I've heard before, and that's just confirmation with you when you say newness, the newness, you got to do things new. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still holding on this, even though I'm in a new situation, in the back of my mind, I'm still holding on to this, oh, oh, it's like, how do you, how do you, and I know that comes by praying and stuff, but how do you actually know when you just truly let it go and that, the, you know, that you don't hold on what to it? Because a lot of times when I'm trying to get rid of it and I think I let it go, technically I'm still holding on to something. If it's not I might let go One part of it But I'm holding on Another part I need to let go of it Oh I don't need it To affect me The way it still does
2: You you, you gotta let go of it And everything that I said Can only be done Through the word When it creeps up You start quoting the word Other words It's it's all a thought pattern And if we don't change Our thought pattern If we don't replace it With something Then that same thought We can't think on Two things at one time
3: You're
2: right It's it's, it's humanly impossible Mm -hmm. So when 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 that thought pattern comes, we have to immediately replace it with something else. And if we don't, mm-hmm. then it keeps it it keeps sowing seeds, and the seed Absolutely. is to start to grow, and it gets bigger Absolutely. and it gets bigger. And now you got set setback. Now you're back where you were.
0: Yeah, I find myself. You, you had some all progress. you going. Yeah,
2: you 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 had some progress going, but now you're set back. But when that thing comes, well, when whatever, whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it comes. Then that's why you have to be astute in the word You have to replace it with something else Many afflictions on the righteous But the Lord shall deliver them all Just start quoting Bible scriptures <laughs> You know and when you exactly. do that Because the mind cannot think it On two things at one time Then you will develop a, 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 See it should be We should know this as Christians It should be instantaneous That our first thought in any Our first thought in any tragedy Is to Okay, that should be our first thought as Christians To pray and use the word Pray and use the word But many times we do it in flesh Many times we'll try to come up with a remedy Or or something else That shouldn't be where Christian work A Christian work first thought is when something uh, You see somebody uh, that's sick Instead of your first thought should be praying for them Even though you might be calling the doctor or the ambulance But your first thought should be pray in the word of God why? Because your prayer and the word of God may be the one that covers them from dying. Even though they go to the hospital, they still might die in the hospital because you your first thought wasn't praying, your first thought was dialing nine one one. You know what I'm saying? So even yes. while you dial in number one, one, you could be praying, see, and that's the that's how the enemy works on us, even in the situation you're saying, because he'll put something in our mind, and then it, it's not our first thought to pray or to use a scripture, but it's our first thought to have a rebuttal about that. You know, we started having a conversation with well, you know, yeah, that woman, she really did. And then, blah, 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 blah. And, then, and we're talking to ourselves in our mind, but we're talking about that. And the Satan, and Satan yeah. is just building it up, building it up, building it up. Yeah. So, so that's how you get rid of it, is just replace it with another thought, a, a holy, a righteous thought. So the Bible said, think yes. on those things that are good and of good rapport. Yes. See, and that's what we have to do. We have to begin to think on those things that are good. And see, and when we begin to think on that, then the enemy has lost our mind. It'd be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. So it's
1: all in the changing of the mind, of the thought. Now, quick, a now, couple quick things. Mm-hmm. we got about three minutes. <clears throat> before before we uh, wrap it up, we are going to end with a word of prayer. But the right thing about first response should be to pray. Make sure that even though we have those things that come into our mind, our thoughts, the main thing I always tell people is when you say the Word of God, when you speak, make sure you speak out loud. A lot of times we talk about our problems out loud, but we pray to ourselves. And what we hear is our problem. And what we hear is so important because what we hear, we're allowing it to get to our spirit man. So if the thoughts that come to our minds, our heads, or maybe the problem, or maybe situation, or maybe something that the devil may be trying to plan in, we have to use God's word, but say it out loud. If you notice, every time Jesus was encountered by Satan, he always said, it is written. Did he say it to himself? No, he spoke it out loud. And so we have to do that and also my favorite scripture I always use Mark nine and twenty nine. But some things come by prayer and fasting. If we get back into the mindset of fasting, and I know beyond which I've been gifted, I haven't fasted like I used to or should, but the main thing fasting is so good for us, not just on a spiritual side, but even on a natural side. So some things, some strongholds, when we realize it, some things come by prayer and fasting, it'll help those strongholds. But make sure when you speak God's word, and especially you know in situations that we have dealt with, make sure that we center ourselves around people that don't stir up that kind of mess. Because there are some people, all they do is they love drama. They love hearing about it. Sometimes people like to get you riled up. And once they leave, they say, you know, you all stressed and all that stuff. So even just being mindful of who we listen to, who we have in our circle, so that way we won't fall back. We'll be progressing instead of digressing. You but know, uh, but you know. I, 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 I definitely this 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 is very necessary for us to be able to have this kind of um, topic because. Mm. A lot of time we don't talk about what we deal with in our Christian life, and, our, and because sometimes we don't like to be transparent. Sometimes we feel like, well, you know, if people know that I've been dealing with this, or if I'm uh, what I went through, they may think that I'm less than a Christian or something like that. You know, we're so concerned about what people think about us. So what? To be honest with you, God knows us, and sometimes people know what we're dealing with or what we had dealt with, sometimes we're the last one to really just figure it out. But we shouldn't be we shouldn't be concerned about what a person thinks. The only person, the only person we should be thinking about who concerned about how we think is God himself. Are we pleasing God? There are some people we have to realize we're not gonna be able to please everybody. But as long as you do what God tells you to do and as long as you obedient to God, people are gonna try to find fault in whatever you do. And just because somebody says you're doing something doesn't mean that you are doing something.
2: Yeah, that's right. It it
1: it, but but and, uh, uh we I'm,
2: have to I'm, you go ahead. You you said one important. I'm mean, gonna be quick. Don't allow people uh to come over to your house and dump their trash. <laughs> that's it.
3: Amen. And to make you Amen.
2: the dump, and to make you the dump, and see, and that's what people do. They what he was just saying a while ago. A lot of times, people will come over you, and they're all mad and upset, and they want to release. So they come to your house, and they dump it on you. And you was having a good day, and now all of a sudden, now your whole day is messed up. So uh, yes, you,
3: you can't allow so. that.
2: If if they come in, you say, okay, let's pray, and, and, and see, and then that'll stop a lot of people because a lot of people don't want to pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, Go ahead, Jim.
1: You know. Oh, no, 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 I, I was, that, that, that is right on point. Let me see how many minutes we got. Like we got two minutes, uh, like two and a half minutes. One last thing, and if you don't mind, Mr. Tim, if you can get ready to uh, lead us in a word of prayer, even when, like you say, even when people want to talk, even when people want to come out to your house, you know, one of the things I thought about was so many times we want to shut off people, but sometimes we allow them to come to our presence or even into our ears when they say what well, thus says the Lord and then that, that make us feel like we have to listen to what they gotta say. And a lot of time, a lot of them don't say what thus says the Lord. Matter of fact, when God talks to me, he don't say thus bow or thee No, he tells to me, hey, Jonah, you do this, you do this, you do this, do this that hey, I know that was That's kind of, that, that that was that was kind okay. of an extra but but you know a lot of time we just gotta be careful because like you were saying earlier about even about prophecy. You know, true prophecy gonna bring not gonna bring confusion, it's gonna bring confirmation. And also yes. anybody anybody tell you something, God had already told you first. A true prophet not gonna tell yes. you something that's new, something that's off the wall or whatever like that. And one day, one day oh. soon Minister oh, Tim oh, and I are gonna oh, speak oh. about it, the little encounter the little encounter we dealt with some time ago. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, but but just remember Anytime time God says something there's there's always going to be peace when God says something God's presence produces peace. But if you don't mind there may yeah. be somebody that may may have struggled with that particular um um inappropriate relationship. That might have been the victim mm-hmm. or they might have been the abuser. You know, uh whatever or even there might be somebody that might uh, that might want to be saved. We want to give them the opportunity to be able to be prayed for, and also pray for all of us. But we're going to leave you with the floor for uh, the pray.
2: Okay, all right. Before we close out, we just want to invite any of you that enjoyed this broadcast. We want you to uh, reach out to uh, Brother June. Is going to give you the, the uh, invitation on how to get in contact with him. Give that out right quick, Brother June.
1: Uh, You can contact me on Facebook, Brother Prater, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, Prater, P-R-A-T-E-R, or you can call me on my personal phone, 214-908-3056, where if you want to get in contact with myself or Minister Tim, I will refer you to him. Um, Like I said, before we uh, close, I thank you all for listening, and we're going to wrap up with a word of prayer.
2: Okay, we thank God We surely want to hear from you We expect to hear from all of you Father God, we thank you tonight For this uh, session, this dialogue That we've had tonight About inappropriate relationships And other subjects that are tied into it And we pray for that one That is struggling right now With inappropriate relationship We pray for that one That has been hurt by An inappropriate relationship We pray for that one That has almost been destroyed By an inappropriate relationship And probably we pray healing Right now in the name of Jesus We pray deliverance right now Right now, in the name of Jesus, we pray for that one that's listening that now they have changed their heart and their mind, and they want to be saved, and we pray that that salvation would come unto them now, and we pray right now all they have to do is say, Father, in the name of Jesus. I accept you in my life, and I take you as my Lord and Savior, and I ask that you forgive me for all of my sins and that I want to be part of your kingdom. It's not hard. Just say just a few things, and then if you have said those things in your heart and you have repeated them openly and confessed them, then we thank you for joining the kingdom tonight. And so, Father, we can continue praying for all of those Father, that are out in the audience that, that needs more from us tonight Father, more from your ministers More from your preachers We pray that you would lift us up So that we can send a encouraging word out to them We pray for that one, that family member That's about to die and they don't understand There's many complex things in life That we probably would never understand But we refuse to let them hinder us We're going to move on up in faith So we, Father, we pray for an increase in faith On everyone right now In the household of faith right now And we thank you for it, and we believe you for it. Right now, in Jesus' name, we thank you, and we thank you for listening to this program with Brother uh, June Prater and Minister Timothy Green, and we thank all of y'all that tune in tonight, and we'll be hopeful that we will see you again, and we'll hear from you in the near future.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you. I thank each and everyone to tuning in to Reconnect My Heart Radio program. Once again, I want to thank Minister Timothy Green, Thank you for your words of wisdom. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your prayers. And we will invite you again very, very, very soon. Thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart Radio program. God bless you, and good night.